Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we're actually going to complete the epistle here to 1 Thessalonians, and we'll uh, be picking up in this uh, second epistle of the of uh, Thessalonians. So here we are, finishing up, and the title of our message is The Coming of the Lord. The Coming of the Lord. We do not know when the Lord is coming. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. Nobody knows the time when, when Jesus Christ is going to come and, and take his church to be with him, the rapture of the church. We don't know. But as we talk about a lot, the reason why we talk about it a lot, because, well, in the, this epistle, this letter, it talks about the coming of the Lord a lot, as we're going to see again as we close out this wonderful letter. So we're to know that he's coming, and we're to be ready for his coming. And so I shared with you last week, if you remember, uh, the Pew uh, Institute, or they did a survey. And remember, 55% of all adults in America believe that Jesus Christ is coming. That's not the church. That's over half the people in America, the adults, are, they, they believe that Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. Why? I believe because these last three years or so, things have been so crazy, they know something's happening, and they believe that Jesus Christ could come at any time. Uh, I find that when people visit our church, when people come here for the first time, and I talk a lot because the Bible talks a lot about the second coming, and, and I, sometimes I'll, I won't see them anymore, and I'll run into them in the grocery store, and they'll say stuff like, well, you know, you talk about the, the Jesus is coming, and that scares me. <laughs> well, it shouldn't scare us. It should prepare us, as Ed Heinsohn said, but we're not to be afraid. We're not to be fearful. Why? Because when Jesus Christ comes back to the earth, guess what? He's going to make things right. He's going to rule in righteousness. He's going to make things right, finally on this earth, okay? Yeah, so there's going to be no more uh, corruption. There's going to be no more in, in government, that is. No more corruption in government. You might say no more deep state going on. You're not going to get any of that going on. He will rule in righteousness. He will rule in right things. And he will be uh, ruling over his people and things will be made right. So it's not anything to be afraid of. So we do talk a lot about it. Why? Because the, the letters that we read, that uh, this letter to those in Thessalonica, they talk about it. Another thing to be reminded of before we jump into our text is that... Uh, more is written about, as we looked at last week, about the second coming of Jesus than the first coming of Jesus. Remember that? Remember, guys, remember, I'll put you through a test. How, approximately how many uh, mentions are there of the first coming of Jesus? Over what? 300. Over 300, right? Do you guys remember how many are mentioned for the second coming? 1845. Very good. Yes. Six times more. Do we hear about do we read about the second coming of Jesus Christ? Six times more. So when you read a passage that talks about the first coming, Jesus being born, a child in Bethlehem, six times more do we read about him coming again, why he is coming again. And I believe what's happening in the day, the Bible says in the last days, people are going to mock. So it says that knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the what? Last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? In other words, he's not coming mocking it. 
It says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So it tells us in the last days, people are gonna mock this whole thing that Jesus is coming back and the rapture of the church. And we're, we're seeing that today. So we're, we have a dual thing that's going on. So that's something that we're gonna mention here. There's a little a mention of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot we're gonna talk about. So if you could please stand with me and I'm gonna go ahead and read these few verses as we close out 1 Thessalonians this wonderful epistle. Paul the Apostle writing, he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Can we say that out loud? Completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Can we say that word? Blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Can we say it? Amen. Lord, how do these verses apply? Please show us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I've loved going through this letter. This letter was written to new believers. There's a lot of practical instruction here for the church because Paul was writing, you know, to instruct these new believers. So we've gleaned a lot off of, of this wonderful letter. The last two chapters, as I kind of touched on, talked a lot about end times, the rapture of the church, that when we're caught up together with the Lord in the air, that we're going to receive new bodies. We've talked about all that. We talked about how we're not appointed to wrath. The church is not appointed to wrath. We talked about the tribulation period. There's a lot of good stuff here that we've been talking about. But also, again, there's a lot of practical stuff. So here we're going to have... as we look back into our text here, we're gonna have the practical and talking a little bit about end time stuff. So I wanna dive right back in. So look a little closer at verse 23, it says, now may the God of, can we say that out loud? Peace, himself, sanctify you, what? Don't you love the sound of that? The God of peace, that's our God. He's a God of peace. If you do not have the peace of God, God wants you to have his peace, the God of peace himself, and he will sanctify us. And I I want to break this down a little bit because I believe it's very important for all of us to realize to be sanctified, and I'll give you the definition of it if I can get it to turn here. Uh, To be sanctified means to be set apart, to be holy, to be dedicated to God, to separate from things profane. We'll talk about that in a minute free from guilt, and to be purified, or to, to purify. So I, I want to make this clear. There's something that we call positional sanctification, okay? It basically means, it's, all it means is that our position as a Christian in, in, in Christ, if you're a Christian, you've given your life to Christ, positionally, you're sanctified. You're set apart. You're purified. God has forgiven you of all your sins, right? You're declared holy before God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, okay? So positionally, you're, uh, you're set aside to God. He purifies us because of what Christ did, positionally. But then there's a practical end of it. It's called practical sanctification. Basically, it means that uh, you are given a free will and you need to choose day by day if you're going to live for Christ. So practically, you're to to separate from things profane, which means things that defile us or pollute us spiritually. 
and basically sin. So day by day, the practical end, okay? Here we are. We, I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm born again of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm going to heaven. God is, by his grace, has, has touched my life. I'm filled with his Holy Spirit. But every day, there's temptations. And what we're called to do is sanctify. In other words, separate ourselves. The, why? Because the things of the world can defile us. The things of, and it can harm our relationship with God. So we have to you know, realize there is this practical sense that, that we, we're to be aware of. Last Sunday, somebody uh, invited a friend to church for the first time, and she introduced me to him, and I, I got to talk to him. And as I was talking to him, I, I realized that he was raised in a religion. And so he's part of a religion, but I thought, well, maybe, you know, through that religion, maybe he accepted Christ. So I started talking about, you know, being sanctified, giving your life to Christ. And he's like, well, no, I've never done that before. And I said, well, do you understand? And this is what Christ died for. And so I, I shared the gospel. And it was so powerful. Basically, he heard the gospel. And I said, would you like to receive that? And he goes like, yeah. And he prayed. And I believe he meant it. And he accepted Christ. So now, positionally, he's forgiven. Guilt is gone. He's sealed with the Holy Spirit. His life has been changed. And that's how simple it is. So that wonderful, uh, the, the, how God saves us. And, and we're positionally holy before him. But now... With his walk, he needs to practically start walking in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So positional. In, he, in uh, Hebrews, in context, here it's talking about these sacrifices uh, in the Old Testament. We're pointing to Jesus, and we have a better way of, of, of being, uh, you know, having our sins forgiven. So it's talking about that. So it's saying that Jesus willingly laid down his life. So it says, by that will, we have been, can we say it out loud? Sanctified. This is positional. Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for what? Once and for all. We're sanctified. We're, we're made holy. So you've, you have that going on. And then you, you look at still the positional sanctification. But check this out. It says, for by one offering, he has perfected. Can we say that out loud? Forever. forever with the red lines going kind of funny there. But forever those who are being. So we're... Okay, by the offering of Jesus on the cross, he's perfected us forever, positionally, but then we're being sanctified day by day. He's sanctifying us. So you have both of them uh, working here, but it says, but check this out. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is a covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their what? And in their? And I will write and in their minds, I will write them. So he saves us, but then all of a sudden, he puts his law in our heart, the word of God in our minds. Has that happened to you? My sister gave me a Bible when I was in the world, and she says, here, was, I think it was a Christmas present. And I just remember looking at it like, are you kidding me? This is, what would I do with this? <laughs> I'm thinking, that's weird. And she's like, well, you call yourself a Christian, so I wanted to give you a Bible. And I remember I put it next in, on my nightstand next to my bed, and every once in a while I'd read it, and it's like, it was literally foreign to me. It was like I was reading another language. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm reading, I'm like, this makes no sense. Why does anybody read this thing? <laughs> the day I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, he filled me with his Holy Spirit. My spirit bears witness with his spirit. I'm a child of God. Now it's like le reading a love letter. Why? He, he's, he's written his law in my heart, in my mind. And it makes sense to me now. 
The word of God is spiritually discerned. You're, you're not gonna fully understand the word of God unless you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So he writes this, but listen to what it goes on to say. And he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember. That's your position. Does God have amnesia? He chooses not to remember them. He knows that we're all sinners, but he sees the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has washed away all of our sin, your sin, your lawless deeds. Every one of us is born again, blood-bought saints of the living God. He chooses not to remember them. He puts them behind him. So that's, that's that positional, this practical. I know there's a lot of doctrine here, a lot of teaching, but this is good for us, practical sanctification. So we find it here. Paul the Apostle tells us, 2 Corinthians six seventeen. it says, therefore, come out from among who? Practical. Now that you're saved, come out from among them. See, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We have to, there's, there's gotta be this separation that takes place that their sin doesn't defile you, that you're not caught up in the world and the things that, are, that they're involved in. No, no, he, but the Bible says, come out from among them. Doesn't mean we, we're just, you know, we're, we become monks and we're just, okay, we just we walk around, oh, don't touch me, no, no, I'm holy. <laughs> no, don't, just don't get involved in their sin. And if you're, if their sin is affecting you, you've got to pull away from those people. Come out from among them and be what? Separate, sanctified. Says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean, sin, things that will defile you, and I will receive you. Check this out. And I will be a what? Father to you, a dad. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He's our dad. And it's a loving father saying, don't get all caught up with that. Come out from there. I want to hang out with you. Separate yourself to me. I want to be with you. I want to have a relationship with you. Don't, don't get defiled in this world. This world is going to defile you. Just come out from that and separate yourself. And not only, listen, not only that, because sometimes what we'll think is, oh, well, he doesn't want me to have fun. He doesn't want me to do what I want to do. No, actually, he's got much better for you far more exceedingly abundantly above anything you can even ask or think of is what you're, you're, the Lord has for every one of us. It's much better than the garbage. The Bible talks about the, how a dog returns to the vomit, right? And basically that's what happens. If we go back to our sinful life, it's like vomit. You're like, oh, this is really good. And so like, like, that's vomit. It tastes pretty good. The dog would say, right? They're eating their vomit. Isn't that disgusting? You see a dog, you're like, no, 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 don't do that. I mean, that's just like the Bible is like a picture of us. God's like, are you kidding me? Don't you realize I have better? You're my kids. You're my daughter. You're my son. Going to Israel, we, one of the things that stands out in my mind is the kids out in the, the street. They, they, the kids are out there. They play in the street, you know, whatever. They kick the ball around and they, they throw the ball. And they're just, you see lots of kids playing out in the street. And it's just wonderful. It just gives you that peace to realize, wow, check it. Everybody thinks that, you know, Israel, oh, no, you know, don't go there. It's a war zone. And you got these kids just hanging out and just, they, they're not in any fear. 
And one of the times was so awesome that I was watching these kids play and they're just so cute and they're playing you know, with each other. And then the father came home and pulled up and the, the kids that saw their dad, they, they ran up, they left the ball, they left everything and left. They said, Abba, Abba. And they started running to their dad and just jumping in his arms. And, I, and just that Abba, Abba. And just their, their heart to love their father. And I, I get this picture here, which is Abba, Daddy, I love you. You're so awesome to me, God. And you've got this wooing, this scripture saying, come out from among them. Come out from that garbage. Come out from that world. Come out from all whatever defiles you. I, I've got so much better for you. I'm your dad. The God that spoke light into existence is our dad. The all-powerful, the all-knowing, the all-wise. And if you're not hanging out with him, you're missing out on all that you have that he has for you. Don't, get, don't be deceived. This isn't a condemnation for any one of us. This is an invitation to say, whatever it is that's wasting time in your life, just get rid of it. Just turn away from it. Seek him first. Take, take that relationship that you have with him and just enjoy it. Amen? Amen. What can we separate ourselves to? I know separate ourselves from things that defile us, but and I, I, this is the, the third week in a row. I'm going to bring this up. Why it's so important that we know what we separate ourselves to. We know what we're to, to separate ourselves from, but to what? To these four things. It's so important as we start off a new year. By the way, May 18th will be our 20-year anniversary. We started the church 20 years ago. Am I that old? I don't think I'm that old. Was I four years old when we started? Or what was I? No. But to separate ourselves too, and this is just a reminder again, I won't spend too much time with this, but the word of God, prayer, fellowship with one another like we're doing here. And this is the, the one I think that challenges all of us the most, at least for me, share your faith. That's what you're called to do, share your faith. God in his wisdom called us to share the faith, to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. Uh, Pastor Chuck used to say, if I was God, I would just open the clouds and say, hey, I'm God, you're not, you know, here, look to me. But that didn't, that's not the way of salvation. The way of salvation is using you. Why? It, it's actually healthy for you. But they're going to ask me questions and I might not have the answers. That's good for you. And you say, I don't have the answer, but that's a great question. Let me find out for you. And it helps you grow in your faith. Amen? And you may be whole, spirit, soul, and body. And may, excuse me, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this part. He, God, who calls you, is faithful. He also will, can we say it out loud? God will do it. He also will do it. Do what? Preserve you? Keep you blameless? Protect you? Not just spiritually, but mentally, your body, your soul, your spirit. He wants to keep you. And the word preserve is to keep you, to guard you, to, to take care of you, to protect you, to, to attend to you, to pay attention to you. And so all we need to do is just realize that he's able to do that. He wants to do that. The only thing can separate us from him is sin, is if we get caught up in the world and sin, then we separate ourselves. No, I don't want your protection. I, I don't want you to keep me. I, I don't want you to attend to me. I, I want to live my life all the, the way I want to live my life. And the message for us is don't, don't do that. Just realize, go back to him. He'll protect you. He'll keep you. He'll watch over you, body, soul, and spirit, your mind, your thoughts, everything about you. He wants to do that. He wants to govern over you. And then blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Without guilt, without blame, without rebuke, without condemnation, without fault. 
at the coming of the Lord. So when we see him face to face, there's no rebuke, there's no condemnation. He's gonna look at you blameless. Wouldn't that be terrible if the Bible said when we see him, he's gonna discipline and he's gonna really give us the what for? Wouldn't that be terrible? You get in the rapture, you're like, oh, there he is. Oh. And he's like scolding you. <laughs> like, you really messed up. I can't believe you did that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. When we're in his presence, when we, when we meet him face to face, we're considered without fault, blameless because of what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross, washing us and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Before him, faultless. Faultless before the throne of God. Without fault. You might say, Pastor, well, you don't know the things I've done. Well, go to the cross. Don't let condemnation beat you up. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Who is it that condemns? It's Christ who died, furthermore risen, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding, praying for every one of us, praying for us, not condemning us. Then he even tells us he, for, he ever lives to what? You got it. Intercede for us. If that's not the picture you have of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you have the wrong picture. You have the wrong understanding. He's, he's ever praying for us. In other words, he's there just praying for you. Your situation seems terrible, go to him. He's praying for you. You need help, go to him. He's your helper. I love what in Jude, the benediction at the very end of the book of Jude, it says, now to him, God, who is able to keep you from doing what? Stumbling. From stumbling. And to present you what? faultless before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen no condemnation nothing to fear it's a glorious thing when we stand before his presence if you're a believer in Jesus Christ amen and then Paul the apostle remember he's, he's writing to new believers there in Thessalonica, modern-day uh, uh, Turkey. But he, he's an apostle, and he's telling these new believers, he says, brethren, pray for us. He's not ashamed to say, I need prayer. We all need prayer. Amen? Amen. Don't you love when you pray and you see God working? As I mentioned earlier, the football player, Damar. Did you, how many saw that clip that when he, yeah, look at how many, a lot of people. Somebody texted me. I wasn't watching it live. Someone texted me, so I got to see it while it was unfolding. What did I do? Instantly, I started crying and praying. Lord, touch this young man. I've never seen that. I've watched football ever since I've been a young kid. I've never seen that happen on a football field before. Never, ever. And guess what? It's waking people up to pray. So Damar, he's a football player, just had a heart attack right on 24 years old. Is that right? 24 years old, had a heart attack. Everybody thought he was dead. Everybody started praying. People on TV were praying, and then God heard our prayers, and now he's healthy again. Why? We prayed. God heard. Touched him. And Dave, Pastor Dave just showed me a clip on CNN. They're talking about it and talking about prayer and the importance of prayer and how we have to think about the afterlife and that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, basically. And I'm like, yes! Wow! I love it when people come up to me and, I, and tell me, because I pray for you all. I mean, that's part of what I'm supposed to do, and I love it. But I love when people come up to me and say, Pastor, I pray for you every day. I'm like, oh, thank you. I feel those prayers. Ina, that heads up our intercessory prayer group, the women's intercessory, 
I saw her on Friday, my wife and I, and she says, I want you to know we pray for you guys all the time. I'm like, we feel it. Thank you. We need prayer. Paul, the apostle, is saying, pray for us. But then he says, turning back to the congregation, those that he's writing to, he says, greet all the brethren with a holy what? Holy kiss. That was their culture. That word grace, we all know it means favor, but it means more than favor. It means joy, blessings, peace, kindness. I pray that for all of us, for this year that's before us. May the grace of our Lord be with all of us. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.